Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is WANM 90.5 Halftime with the Playmakers. This is your midday week update on everything sports. It's your boy, Mr. 813, Ahmad Kibi, and I'm here with my boy, Brian. Tell him what's up, Brian. Yo, what's what's good, everybody? It's Brian Harden Jr. representing Broward County as per usual. How, how, you feeling? how you feeling, Ahmad? I'm feeling good. I'm so glad to be back and get back right into the sports and the nitty gritty and all of it. Oh man, there's so much going on in the sports right now. NHL, hockey, the 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 Lightning just completed the sweep. Good, for, good, good for you guys. You know the NBA and Miami Heat is is you know he heating it up. No point intended in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. <laughs> Not only that, but we got some controversy within the college football world as well. All right, let's get into it. So Nick Saban, head coach of the Alabama football team, is under fire after remarks that he made about the new NIL rules. But I think what has people raising their eyebrows a little bit is what he said regarding Texas A&M and head coach of Jackson State, uh, Deion Sanders. Uh, what do you think about this? I feel like Nick Saban was a little out of line. You know, I feel like we saw a little bit of a, a jealous child right now. You know, Nick Saban was number <laughs> number two in recruiting classes. You know, behind Texas A&M. So of course, you know, uh, you know what you do as a number one hater. Uh, you know, somebody did better than you. You just gotta yeah. call him out, man. He, he said that um, essentially that you know we, the Alabama did not pay for their players, but Texas. He's alluding that Texas A&M and, and Jackson State did pay for their players to come there. So let's take a listen on what he had to say about anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. Wow. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of what you want from your, what you, you want your head coach to say when someone comes at the program like that. Wow. Um, that was definitely a lot. And so for those listening who may not know what's going on, uh, Nick Saban said in a, a recent sit down that he had that Texas A&M played all, paid all their players to come to their program. And so let's take a listen on what Nick Saban had to say exactly. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Man, I I don't Man. even know where to I don't even know where to begin when diving well, into this because. How can you just automatically make an assumption like that, make a statement like that without having no proof or evidence of what what actually transpired? You know, um, I, I love the I love the Nick Saban here is pretending that college programs do not pay for their players to come to their schools. Um, love how he's alluding to the fact that it just does, it just never happened that you know there's like people just go to Alabama just to go to Alabama. Um, we did. He just saw. We just had a quarterback too, and his entire family came from Hawaii. There's, there's, there's a reason why they went from Hawaii exactly. to Alabama. Exactly. So I love the fact that he's pretending like he's just never done it ever, or, or anything like that. See, I think the thing about it is, I think you know, Alabama is a very powerhouse program. We've noticed they've won seven national championships. Yeah. So, I think when, you know, you've been doing something probably under the rug for a long time and now it's becoming a new norm within the college football world and now it just seems like you know you could actually feel like people could actually have the one step on you yeah with, the, so, with the nil deal yes and so 
I, I I definitely just feel like it's coming from a sense of you know I feel like he's scared he's coming, scared inside. I feel like it's coming from a, a sense of jealousy. Right. That finally, Nick Saban is not number one in something, and so <laughs> so now he has to throw shade at, at, at other programs. Yeah, this definitely caught me by surprise. But what caught me even more off guard was what he had to say in regards to Jackson State and the program that they have going on over there with Deion Sanders. Let's take a listen. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division One player to come to. School, it was in the paper and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. The player that he was talking about was, and, and that is Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter is the top recruit. Talent, number one recruit, great talent. The number one recruit in his class uh, flipped his commitment from Florida State to Jackson State to go play for Deion Sanders. How do you feel about what he had to say? One, I don't even know where Jackson State would get a million dollars to pay Travis Hunter, so I don't even know where that statement comes from. I don't know where it comes from either, and so it, it definitely took the world off guard. And, and in fact, Travis Hunter has something to say on Twitter. He tweeted and quote, he said, "How did I get paid a million dollars, but I still live in a three-bedroom house yeah, my, my with mom, five kids? My mom still lives in a three-bedroom right. with five kids. Right. Which is under yeah, that makes perfect sense. Where's where's my million dollars at if, if my siblings still have to share rooms? So it was one thing to speak on the organization at Texas A&M. That that's 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 one thing, and that was still out of line. Hey, and he but, just threw the light, the light shot at Jackson State just because. Jackson State was minding their, own, minding their business, own business, literally. And so here's what Coach Prime had to say via the Anscape podcast that he was on earlier this week. He said, they forget I know who's been bringing in the bag and dropping it off. I know this stuff. I'm not the one you want to play with when it comes to this stuff. He he, he, said, he said, you come for me, I'm going to send for you. <laughs> That's exactly what he's saying. And so he went on further to say, I haven't talked to Coach Saban. I'm sure he's tried to call. We need to talk publicly, not privately. What you said was public. That doesn't require a conversation. Let's talk publicly and let everyone hear the conversation. So this was a, a, a stand-up uh, response to Nick Saban. Um, I think that they should have a conversation in public because... I just don't know why he would even think to bring in yeah, you, Jackson State yeah, to, yeah. to something that had nothing to do with them. You, you can't you can't disrespect me publicly and apologize privately. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, so since then, he has been censored by the SEC, and then he further on released an apology, which, when I listened to it, completely sounded ingenuine. Oh okay, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. What 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 did you think about? I don't it? even think that I don't even think the apology is gonna do anything for him now. You know we saw Deion Sanders and, and Nick Saban in the Aflac commercials. You know we're gonna get looking looking like they were you know yeah. I wouldn't say best friends. You know but they had, they, had you, a good, they enjoyed each other's company literally. And so, so when when I look at all those things, I, I I'm just utterly confused on how we got here. How did we get to this point? You know what I'm saying? He's just je he's just jealous that you know he he didn't get the number one recruit. Oh well, you didn't get number one recruit. It happens. But Texas A&M now has a number recruiting class, and you're number two. Number two, by the way, not number. If he was number twelve, number fourteen, whatever, yeah, yeah. I would understand his outrage. He's still in the top you're two. You're number two. You're Alabama, so it's not like this is not gonna derail any recruits going to Alabama. Alabama's still gonna be Alabama. You know, they they have probably the, the biggest stage in college in college sports in terms of highlight in, in terms of national attention. Everyone's paying attention to what Alabama's doing as far as their football program. Right. Everyone wants to go to Alabama because it's kind of like. You go to Alabama, that's just one step closer to becoming an NFL talent. Exactly. And, you know, 
So here's something that's actually interesting. The SEC coaches are actually supposed to have a meeting later on this summer in Destin. And there have been talks about the SEC wanting to have a separate college football playoffs from every other conference in college football. What do you think about that? That'd be interesting. I don't, I, you know, just going in on my old fashioned guy, just going off tradition. I feel like it shouldn't be that way at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, growing up a Miami, Miami Hurricanes fan, you know, the eighth, you know, we were, we was dominant for a very long time. Of course. So I would, I would, I would like to continue to still see other, like, you know, the Pac, Pac 10, the ACC, and you compete with the SEC teams, even though in SEC football, it's kind of, you know, those, those top teams are, you know, on a different level compared to somewhere else. But that doesn't mean that we should just, you know, give them a whole completely different playoff exactly i feel like other teams should be able to work hard as well you know to be in that same position that they're in right now i completely agree well i can't wait to see what comes about um texas a&m has scheduled to play alabama this next upcoming season so i can't wait to see that game but moving on the conference finals are heating up and we are one day closer to the beginning of the nba finals but right now we got a whole lot to talk about out west so the golden state warriors are up three games to none against the dallas mavericks yeah it's not what are your thoughts yeah it's not looking good for luca uh in the dallas mavericks Really, it's the Luka Mavericks, if we're being honest here. <laughs> but the last game, they, yes. with, when we just played game four, Spencer Dinwiddie is the only person that decided to show up on offense. He's the only other person with in, in double-digit points besides Luka. Right. Luka had 40. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie had 26. So if I'm looking at this team, it's like they just look un, un, unmatched compared to Golden State's firepower that they have. So how, would you, how much blame would you put on Luka for being down 3-0, right? Oh, you know, when you're when you're a superstar, you're going to get, you know, the lion's share of the blame. A lot of situations, I feel like Luka, you know, he's doing the best. He obviously is doing the best he can. He just had 40 in back-to-back games. Exactly. But some situations, he has to be a little more trusting of his teammates. It's hard to be yeah. trusting of your teammates yeah. when they're not making their shots. Which is, you know, which is understandable. I do get that. But in some situations, I'm seeing Luka settle for, you know, the step back, step back contested three rather than, you know, you know, maybe handing the ball off to Jalen Brunson. Or, or, you know, we saw Spencer Dinwiddie when Luka was not in the game. Spencer Dinwiddie really took over. Yep. And then he, you know, was very aggressive while we see Luka sometimes settle for shots rather than, you know, being aggressive and making the play for his team rather than just taking what the defense is giving him. Are you saying that 40 is not enough? Because that's what it sounds like. And and so my take on it, I, I, I got to give Luka minimum blame because at the end of the day, basketball is a team sport. Yeah. A player can go out and put 72 points up, but if the other four players aren't producing or if the other four players aren't playing defense, it's very hard. It's very hard to win. So check this out. Reggie Bullock and Max Kleber go 0 for 15 15. from the field, right? 0 from 12 from 3. And then your starting center only gives you three points. And if we're looking at the series, they're, they're getting open shots. They're getting open shots, shots but they're not making them. Because of the attention that Luka draws, these are wide open shots. We see Reggie Bullock missing a lot of three. Maxi Cleaver, we got we got to put out a missing person report on him because he's literally having the open shot available to him and hesitating like crazy. And and this is crazy because in the previous series, and they were playing the number one <laughs> team in the West, let, let, let me remind everyone, the, the Phoenix Suns were the number one team in the West. They were completely shutting them down. And they went on the road, game seven, and they closed out. Closed out. The team. It was. A, it was. You know, Luca did have its role, but it was a team effort when they closed out against Phoenix. The Mavericks. I, I. I don't know. I don't know what to say. The Mavericks are in deep trouble, and then it doesn't help when your teammates are going four for fourteen on every pass that is passed the ball by you. So if I'm Luca, I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, you guys gotta. 
you know, I did see there they are targeting Luca a lot on 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 the defensive end. He's getting better, you know, at defending. Yeah, he's getting better, is. but you know, there's only so much he can do. So he, really, he needs he needs Jalen Brunson to step up. Um, as soon as Reggie Bullock starts hitting those open shots, is the rest of the team is going to perform so much better? Because once you have those open those shooters hitting their open shots, because Golden State's just leaving them wide open. Yeah, right. leaving, once those shooters hit those open shots. A lot of it opens up. Luka can get to the basket easier. Jalen Brunson can get to the basket easier because you know you can't you can't collapse. I see a lot of I see a lot of uh, zone defense being played on Mavericks. You know they're doing a lot of box one, a lot of four, like you know four and ones out there. Yeah. So they're really they're really tempt, they're daring the shooters to hit their shots, and they have just been falling short every time. Last thing before we head on to the Eastern Conference Finals, what's your game four prediction? Game four is tonight in Dallas. Oh man, I think I think Luka's gonna come out strong. I don't think I don't think it's a sweep. I think they do win Game Four today. I feel like we I feel like Reggie Bullock, Reggie Bullock better have been in the gym overnight. <laughs> I need at least two thousand made jump shots at least because there's no way you can. He had a, he had a great shooting performance in Game Two. He so. did, but but I, I think I think when it comes down to it, I think the thing that kills the Dallas Mavericks is one their consistency their consistency kind, shooting the ball they're kind of a first half team if we're being honest exactly here. and so when you're playing a team like the warriors who are a second half team you're going to get exploited and i'm gonna have to go with the warriors they're gonna sweep it they're gonna sweep the way the way i was watching them play offense yesterday the way i was watching them just flow it kind of reminded me <laughs> as scary as it is, it kind of reminded me of the 2015 Warriors, just seeing how they were just clicking on all cylinders. And, and let's not forget that amazing Andrew Wiggins poster that he had on Luka. Oh, yeah. oh my Ooh. God. And then they tried to call a foul on oh, that. They tried, they tried to save Luka. They tried to save him. <laughs> they it tried no, to save him, but no. Saving no that one. It, it, it was no returning from that one. So I think the momentum is completely on the Warriors' side. So I'm, I'm not even going to bet on this game. I'm not even going mind, to think otherwise. Mind you, Mavericks have only lost two playoff, uh, two home games the entire playoffs. That was their second loss at home this playoffs. Right. So I do expect them to, you know, to come out, you know, angry. I do expect them to come out desperate because you're down 3-0. Yeah. At this point, now if you lose, you're going home, and you, and you can kiss your championship dreams goodbye. For you know, we'll see you next year. Okay. So then that's my next question. Do you think that they are capable of winning four straight? Absolutely not. Okay. Good. No. Glad we're on the same page. Hundred percent no. Yeah, no, it's not happening. And and let's say they have a miracle and they win Game Four tonight, right? They go back to Golden State. They're not winning they're in not Golden, winning State. Golden State. They're not, not winning. <laughs> Steph Curry's not letting that happen at the, all. Exactly. And and then when when you take into account the the home court advantage and how how key the crowd is, when I was watching the game last night, the crowd was not in it. Kind of, it was kind of kind of hard to get into because they were they were definitely in it the first half, yeah. but then once Golden State went on that run, it, it they, was, they, they depleted. They depleted. They killed the fans. I'm seeing fans leaving in the third quarter. I'm seeing fans leave at the beginning, like at halftime, really. And you know, I just feel like the environment is not there. I think the whole city of Dallas knows. I think the Mavericks know. In my personal opinion, this series is over. Gonna predict the Warriors win by about 15 points. You think? I'm saying uh, Mavericks pull it off. They win by six tonight. They pull it off and win by six. The Mavericks pull off. They go back to Golden State and the series ends in five games. That's why I have it going. <laughs> I feel like we're going to see a little more Luka magic. Luka, we're going to see a, a, a desperate Luka. You know, the same, uh, same Luka we saw against the Clippers, essentially. Right. You know, when he forced them to seven games in only his, it was his third year. Right. So we're seeing that. We're, I feel like we're going to see that Luka tonight. 
which we def with the other guys have to step up. They do. They can't just be Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka the entire time. Maxi Kleber, ha he has to shoot the ball. It's essential for him to shoot. Reggie Bullock has to make his open shots. It's essential for this team to win. Right. So well, hopefully they can pull it through, but I just don't think they are. But moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Game four was played last night, and all I have to say is I don't even know what that was. The Miami oh Heat got blown My out. Miami Heat got absolutely spanked. They lost by they lost by 20, scored 102 to 82, and it did not feel that close at all. <laughs> it was it, what happened. Miami Heat came out super flat when was, when the game started. Then they started off one for 13. Mm -hmm. Some and when you start off one for 13 against Boston Celtics, you have a Jalen Brown and a, and a Jason Tatum who came out on fire. He normally has great bounce back games. You cannot start off one for 13. Oladipo, as much as I love Oladipo's game, and I'm glad to see him, you know, healthy and then progress. You know, he's a really important piece for us to win the championship. Oladipo cannot be your highest scorer on, off the bench. Not at all. And that just cannot happen. I, I'm, I'm just really disappointed because I just feel like the whole attitude last night was, okay, we won one in Boston. We're going to come back to Miami. Yeah, I felt that way. And right? we just not even going to give a care in the world. And... You can't play basketball like that. If you want to go to the NBA Finals and you want to potentially beat the Golden State Warriors, you can't play like that. Not play like that. They will, they, they yeah. will mess around and sweep you. Like, and we saw, we see in this series that that Boston is a, you know, they're a faster, they're a more athletic team, they're a faster team, they're a stronger team. But we saw Miami when they win games, they out hustle Boston. Exactly. They work harder than Boston in order to to overcome some of that. Going into the playoffs, Miami, if I'm not mistaken, Miami was rated higher in defense and offense coming into but yeah during the playoffs boston is number one in defensive power rankings and, and uh, miami's number two right and, and, and so you have you have these two teams that are that are in my opinion equally matched i feel like miami has a slight edge because of jimmy butler but you have these two teams that are equally matched and we're seeing blowout games and i'm just wondering to myself when did basketball get like that to you just don't have pride in yourself like i i truly felt like watching the miami heat yesterday they had no pride in themselves they were down by as much as 30 plus mm -hmm. but definitely didn't show any of that heat culture and that that is not how the miami heat that's not the miami heat culture okay if i'm the miami heat i i'm 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 pissed right now okay um, at the half, Miami's shooting 28% from the field, 11 for 40 on Disgusting. their shots. Disgusting. Six turnovers. Disgusting. Five for 12 shooting. Especially following game three where they had, uh, um, or game four, my bad, game four, where they had an NBA playoff record, 19 steals. 19 steals, and then you come back around. And you come back and do this? And you go five for 12 shooting. Come on, Miami. Jason Tatum had 12 free throws. 12 is also the number of points combined that the Miami Heat starters had in the first half of that game. That's disgusting. That is insane. Jason Taylor came out on fire yesterday. So, yeah, and that and that's what I wanted to talk about next. So, I I appreciated how Jason Taylor played yesterday because he was becoming more consistent. In the previous game, he wasn't as consistent and it clearly showed down the stretch of the game. And he came back and he just played lights out on defense and offensively. So what I saw the difference between game four and game five is a lot of game four. I saw a lot of PJ Tucker guarding Jason Tatum. You know, with PJ Tucker guarding Jason Tatum, you saw what he did with Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. He makes it super tough. He's gonna get in your chest. He's gonna push you. He's gonna force you. He's gonna force you where you don't want to go. He's gonna make it super hard for you to score. 
right? And I saw what the difference between game four and game five is that Jason Tatum saw a lot of switches. He saw a lot of targeting. Uh, whenever he did not have P.J. Tucker guarding him, he went straight at his defender every time. Went straight to the basket every single time. Every uh, whenever he forced the switch, so it was like that. Those kinds of adjustments is what you see from Jason Tatum, which would eventually make him a superstar. I don't think he's at a superstar level just yet. Oh no, not you're yet. Tripping. No. You don't th- you think he's a superstar right now? I I think he's emerging right now. And once they make it to the finals, because it it well, let me say this: if they make it to the finals, you can't you can't sit up here and say he's not no superstar. He's not now. a superstar. I feel that. I, but he does have to make it to the finals. He has to make it he to the finals. To make, he can't have game fours. Miami has Miami has to continue to defend him the way we were defending him before. You know, not not try to switch so easily when when over these screens. You know, have PJ Tucker be that primary defender the right. same way they got Andrew Wiggins being that primary defender on Luca, even though Andrew Wiggins is low key getting cooked. You know, have PJ Tucker be that primary defender and just make Jason Tatum work the entire time. Right. And I will I will give the Heat a little bit of leeway. Tyler Hero was not playing. I'm not sure how much of a difference that would have made, but he was not playing. So the, that was a person that came off the bench for them and gave them a good, decent amount of points. So I will give them that credit. Uh, hopefully he will be active for game five, and we'll just see where that goes. But what are your predictions for game five? I think Miami comes out and wins game five. Uh, then it take a 3-2 series. I, think I got the series going seven games. I do too, but I just don't know if I can confidently say a hundred percent that the heat will take care of business three straight times you know what i'm saying they've been really they have to take care of business two times oh yeah two times they gotta win they gotta win they gotta win those home games which miami has been one of the better home playoff games uh home um playoff teams this playoff so like it's it's been going well for miami at home but they gotta play they have to come out they cannot come out flat at all especially when you're, you're in the eastern conference finals now what are you coming out flat for yeah. Why, why are you coming out disgruntled and, and then look like oh we we already we already did what we were supposed to do? No, you still have a game to play. We still have time to compete. So we uh, you want you don't want any lingering injuries. We see a lot of injuries between both teams. Marcus Smart hitting time here. Robert Williams missing time there. Tyler Harrell was just out. So if you're playing in the Eastern Conference Finals, trying to go to the finals, you want to take care of business as soon as possible. Exactly. You do not want any injuries popping up. And and then this is this is my other concern. So. Let's say Miami does win, they they go seven games, or maybe they miraculously get six games out, but I don't think so. So taking all that to account, you have to then, you only get one week of rest, then you have to go play the Warriors in the finals. The Warriors are going to sweep the Mavericks. I'm confident in that. But the Warriors are also gonna have way more time to rest. Yeah. They're gonna come out and they're going to be on fire. So my question is, how how can they ba- how can they bounce back from that? How can the Heat I- ensure that they're going to be ready for the finals? I think the key piece here, the main person here that that we need to see become aggressive is Bam Adebayo. Definitely. Too often we see we we see Bam be too passive way too often. We saw in game yeah. in game uh, four he had 31. He came out. There was no Robert Williams. He said, "All right, there's no Robert Williams guarding me right now. It's my time to go." And he just went from the first quarter. Start off, I believe four or five. He just went from the from the get go, and we have to have Bam play like that all the time. So it, it, when Bam plays like that, it opens up everything for everybody else. The shooters get up. Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, they can hit their shots. Tyler Hero is going to come in and be Tyler Hero. 
He, he does. Have, he has to play a little better now. He definitely does. He does have to play a little better. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler. You know what he's gonna bring. Uh, he's gonna give you some buckets. Now. He's gonna give you some. He's Jimmy G <laughs> buckets for a reason. Yes, sir. So I'm excited to see it. So give me your final game prediction of Game Five and how many points do you think? What 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 is the margin of victory? Game Six. I'm taking. It's been it's been like blowout after blowout, right? Game yeah. Six. I'm taking Miami by 16. Miami by 16. Miami by Are 16. you crazy? I'm taking Miami by 16. I'm taking Boston by 10. Boston by 10 and Miami. Yeah. Wow. Taking Boston by 10. Man, you're old man. They're going to go back to Boston. Game six. They're going to close it out. If the From what I saw last night, I'm, I, I don't know. Only time will tell. But moving on to the NHL, we have a lot to talk about with my Tampa Bay Lightning. The NHL playoffs are firing up. Stanley Cup champion, my Tampa Bay Lightning, completed the sweep against the Florida Panthers last night with a final score of 2-0. to zero. Yeah. And I just gotta say, yeah, it's depleting. They're three peating. Yeah, it sucks. We're three peating. Yeah, you are. We're going to three peat. I can't even argue with that you're not. <laughs> what do you think about this? You know, I actually, um, my house back home in South Florida is five minutes from the Panther Stadium. Really? Yeah, I live five minutes from the Panther Stadium. It's crazy. Wow. So, uh, so, so you like went to Panthers games with us growing up? I definitely had the field trips for Panthers games. Yes. Okay. But they used to give out, you know, back. You no, know, Panthers weren't as good, you know, when we were in school. Mm -hmm. So you know, they used to give out. You know, when you made the honor roll, they gave it a little wheel of coupons. They'd be Panther tickets there, a little discount off the Panther tickets. Yeah. So I was definitely happy to see uh, the Panthers have some playoff success this year, uh, being at that number one seed. Uh, but uh, ultimately, they played Tampa, who was entirely too much. Which was 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 a game two. Uh, game two, they had the game winner. Game three, they had the late second score. Yes, it was. It was. It was game three. They had a last second score, and and, and honestly, I mean, they were already gonna win game four, but they shot a goal with like 23 seconds left in the game as yeah. well to make it 2-0. So my concern for the Lightning heading into this series was, okay, are they gonna be tired because they just came off a seven-game series with the Toronto Maple Leafs and. They just completely showed me wrong. Yeah, yeah, they they, <laughs> they yeah. didn't show no no sweat, no sign yeah, of they, uh, backwardness, they no they nothing. Definitely, they definitely took care. They definitely showed why they are back-to-back -back champs. Yeah. They definitely did that. And so I would definitely say like one of the key takeaways from this game would be their defense, particularly Andre Vasilevsky, because 18 block shots. Are you serious? Crazy. Like Crazy. I'm 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 sitting there watching the game, and I'm I'm in awe. I'm in awe because yeah. their defense was so stout. They had a higher face-off percentage with with it being 58.2 compared to the Panthers, 41.8. And so the Lightning even had fewer shot attempts. They had 26 shot attempts, and the Panthers have 49, and the Panthers could score once. So what is that? So does it speak to what the Panthers are lacking, or does it speak to how much the lightning are like that as it a really team. it really speaks to how much the lightning are like that as a team you don't go you don't win back to back for no for no reason you don't so obviously with this tampa with this tampa team you said you have them three pinning this year i do have them three pinning this year i'm not sure who they're playing in the eastern conference finals i think that series is still up it's in still the air going, yeah it's still going between um the hurricanes and the rangers okay um i believe the rangers are i mean the, the rangers are uh down two to one right now or three down yeah two to one okay I like the Rangers to come out of that, maybe. 
maybe. Rangers come out? Yeah, Rangers come out, and I, I like us to beat the Rangers just because we, we did it last year and the year before. Yeah, so you guys definitely have the, you de- you de- definitely have the Rangers number, so I understand I understand the confidence. True. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think one of the most exciting things about this, um, especially as a Tampa native myself, you see a team that has a chance to three-peat. You have, there's, there's so much livelihood around the city, like, it is it, it's, it's amazing yeah, you guys are winning a lot recently tampa i don't know i don't know where the switch came from it's our time i don't know where the let switch me, came from let me tell you let me tell you ryan it's our time we 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 had so many bad years not only just with the lightning but just going on veering to the bucks the sucking ears yes yeah right. a lot of two and 14 seasons a lot of nine and six seasons a lot of losing was going on and we're the city of champions so I'm I'm finally glad that you know, 21 years old. I'm 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 able to see this live and re- remember all this. You know what I'm saying? It, it, the culture is just different, and I think I think that's what you know. I always say Tom Brady the goat. I always I always will say he's the goat. But the culture that he just brought to our city, it will never it, it will never be forgotten, because now we have expectations to win championships yeah y'all do not just for football but for hockey and and even for other tampa sports like the rowdies and it's just insane to see it so i i i'm i'm, tom, I'm ecstatic right now tom brady really sparked the change in tampa huh you know for a while for a while south florida was kind of dominating you guys i'm not gonna lie they they were kind of dominating you guys miami we had we had the hurricanes going dolphins suck so i don't got to say <laughs> about dolphins uh, we had miami, miami heat was yeah. you know a young nba franchise team we have three championships and so you know it's our time it's our season and and we're 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 taking full advantage of that so i'm excited to see who the lightning play in the eastern conference finals and 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 i'm excited to just watch them go i don't i don't know who um they'll be playing but whoever they'll be playing i'll be rooting for the other team (laughs) whatever man you hate it go rangers or hurricanes whatever man so let's let's rear back off into the nba and let's talk about the news that's been going on the nba so the los angeles lakers still coachless jawan howard head coach of the michigan basketball team denied the position how do you feel about this i feel like that makes sense why why me as juan howard i'm playing for my alma mater at michigan Mm -hmm. i coach michigan they love me at michigan right i'm not under a lot of pressure to win at michigan you know people come here because i'm juan howard i'm an nba i'm an nba talent i've been nba for a long time i believe a 19 year career juan howard's had yeah so i have some i have some professional pedigree why would I go play under the scrutiny and the spotlight that the Lakers have right now? I don't blame him. A lot of people are, you know, taking that criticism and making assumptions saying that it's really because only because of, you know, his sons that he stayed. But because, you know, he has he has a junior son yeah. um, who, who comes off the bench, of course, and he has an incoming freshman um, that's coming in as well. So a lot of people are saying that's why he stayed. However, just like you said, who would want to go to that situation I, in L.A.? I'm having a very happy situation at home. First of all, and, and that, that leads me up until the next topic, the, the Lakers look like they're going to keep Russell Westbrook because it doesn't look like anyone wants to sign him. It doesn't they're look even, like anyone wants to pick up his contract. Ask, they're even when they're doing these co- these interviews for the coaches, they're even asking, what? how do you plan on using Russell Westbrook in their interview questions, apparently? And they have nothing definitive to say. <laughs> They don't know. The Lakers are not serious as a franchise. They they know just as much as we do how they're going to use Russell Westbrook, the, and that is zero zilch nada. The Lakers for the last, we'll say, 10 years, yeah. ever since Kobe tore his ACL, 
um, or Achilles, my bad. Ever since Kobe tore his Achilles, they have been a struggling franchise. Right. They failed to put, you know, winning talent around Kobe during towards the end of his career. They lucked up and then draft and, and then signed LeBron James in the free agency. And that was a miracle year. If LeBron if LeBron never went to the, the Los Angeles Lakers, I believe strongly they would still be a lottery team today. You think so? They do a terrible job in May Ed. They got rid of D'Angelo Russell prematurely. I understand why you had to get rid of him. Their front office is terrible. Their I'll front give you office that. does an awful job at winning games. Yeah. They're doing an awful job at it. And and we see that here based on how their franchise is running, based off this this uh coaching search that they got going on right now. They had Jason Kidd on the bench with Frank Vogel last year. Jason Kidd is in the Western Conference Finals right now. And he was on your bench last year. And you traded him away. And you got rid of him. You didn't want him as your head coach. That's that's sick. And then here we have uh Darwin Ham. Darvin Ham, I bet. Darvin Ham, who's been who has some NBA pedigree. He's been in this league a very long time, been an assistant coach for numerous teams. He's been around the game for a long time. Players love Darvin Ham. They look that's a uh, kind of a player that or a coach that they would look to play for, and they are still considering Doc Rivers. And I was gonna ask you that. Like, what are, they what are, are we still doing? interested in Doc what are, Rivers. What are we doing right now? So, so I, I can see, I can see their thought process behind it because, okay, Doc Doc Rivers has some credibility when it comes to coaching. Um, his time in the Clippers, they were very good, but they could never get the job done. Well, but one, I wonder why they couldn't get the job done. I, I really blame that. I really blame that on uh, the players more so than I blame it on Doc. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna be real, I blame it on Doc. I blame it on the players because you have a super, t- you have a super team like CP3, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. That had a tough. They had a really. They had a really. You good couldn't get teams. it done. They had really good Clippers teams. Literally, they would they they would literally win 50, 60 games in the regular season and fold in the playoffs. At, at a certain point, how much blame can you put on the coach? Well, when you're blowing three one leads, uh, that kind of falls onto the coach. It do that, it, it it does, but not all the blame. You feel did me? You, did you see what Doc Rivers said about uh, his reputation of blowing three one leads? <laughs> what he said? He said um, he said if you go look back because he was the um, coach I think it was either two thousand one two thousand two mm-hmm. of the Orlando Magic. And he said if you go back and look at their roster, it was amazing. We were even up three <laughs> one. And I look back at that roster, it's literally just Tracy McGrady. They were up 3-1. They were the eighth seed. They were up 3-1. Um, it was the number one seed, and they blew it. Th- I, don't, I don't know how they went up 3-1. Who were they Who were they up 3-1 against? Let me tell you right now. They were up 3-1, and then they all they had, Tracy McGrady was, like, leading the team in points um, in, like, 28 a game in the playoffs. I remember that. I just can't remember who they were playing because that's crazy to me. And then he said, if you go, like, which I, I yeah, it was 2003. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Against the Detroit Pistons. Wow. Oh well, and they had a squad. Now. They had a squad. That that was their they year. A, they had a squad. That was. Their I mean, they year. Won a, was that next? The uh, so so they didn't win the chip that year, but they won the chip the following the year, following, 2004. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. They were they were three one, but it, uh, uh, super funny that the heck that your former head coach absolutely threw you under the bus uh, as soon as the uh, they turned the stove on him. They put the heat on Doc Rivers, and then they asked him to explain his three ones, and he said, "Well, my team was trash," which you can say that privately. I'm not sure if he should be saying that publicly though. Yeah, that's 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 a little bit too much right there uh, for him to say. But I don't like the move. I, I'm 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 not really feeling it, and I'm not even sure who is gonna take that job because the Lakers are just so dysfunctional right now as a franchise. They need to get rid of Russ. I'll say that. I'll say they, that out out if front. They, if anybody could take him. Yeah, if anyone's gonna take that 47 million dollar contract, you might have to put Ru- you might have to put Russ out in a garage here or something. Woo. You might you might you might have to donate Russ somewhere. I, I, Oklahoma, y'all want him? 
Hornets, y'all want them? I saw they were they were trying to make a mock trade for like yeah. for for uh, Gordon Hayward and Russell Westbrook. Oh no, no, that that would be terrible. No, those are two ter- those are two terrible contracts. They got Gordon Hayward on contract for another year, while Westbrook is you know just last year Westbrook's contract. So those are two those are two all uh, two were not going anywhere trades, but I guess they you know benefit both teams a little bit. But you're still not gonna win anything doing that, those kinds of trades. Well, Lord help the Lakers, man. So let's move on to the NFL. Um, it is the NFL offseason. However, there is still a lot going on. Baker Mayfield, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, still on the roster after they have started OTAs already. But Baker did say he is not going to be in attendance. So Brian, what do you think about this? I don't know where Baker Mayfield is gonna go. Um, it's clearly not Cleveland. He might. He might. Uh, I, uh, there are there are two teams that I do know of that are still interested in him. That being Seattle and Carolina. So I think everyone is just playing a waiting game right now. You know what I think the Browns need to do? The Browns need to pay off his his contract. Oh, just pay him out. Pay him to leave. Pay him to leave. Cut him after you do that, and then that's it. Because. Because it makes no sense to have no one him still on the roster. You had the opportunity. Well, I guess they didn't have the opportunity, but, you know, the draft. I thought he would have got traded during the draft. Yeah. Never never even happened. Never happened. And then they signed two quarterbacks. They signed two quarterbacks on top of signing Deshaun Watson to a $230-plus million dollar clear, deal. Yeah, clearly not wanted there, Baker. So Clearly not wanted. He's not wanted there. And he doesn't want to be there. Do you think do you think Cleveland's disrespecting Baker Mayfield a little bit here? I definitely feel like they are because at a certain point in time, what does a player have to do to make it be clear that he doesn't want to be there? If 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 I'm a player in the NFL and I'm playing for like, let's say I'm playing for my Bucks, right? And my Bucks don't want me and I don't want to be in Tampa. Okay, what 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 are we doing here? Let's let's get me out of here, and so I can go prosper somewhere else, and then you guys can do your own thing. But I don't understand what the Browns are doing, and it, you know every day every day it just continues on. He's still on the roster, and I just don't understand. And so here's the here's the crazy thing. So Baker has a fifth year option coming up this upcoming season, right? Mm-hmm. So if the Browns don't do anything, they will be forced to pick up. His guaranteed his fifth-year option, and so that means all his money will be guaranteed at that point. So, if you're the Browns, you're stuck. You're ultimately you you're in a lose-lose situation. They're really lining themselves up to just cut. They, they I feel like they they've explored trade options. No one really you know jumped towards the trade offers. Even teams like Carolina and Seattle, like you said, who really don't have a a, a quarterback for the future. I, I wouldn't consider Drew Lock a quarterback for your future. No, not at all. Seattle. And 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 honestly, I I wouldn't even be surprised, Brian. If I'm Baker Mayfield and I'm looking at my team of choice, I'm gonna just sit there and say, "Hey, let's just play the let's just play the long game." They're gonna crack. They're gonna crack eventually. They're either gonna do either or. So let's see what they do. And I don't know where. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the Browns are thinking. Like I said, Baker was not at OTAs. Obviously, he's not gonna be there because he doesn't want to be there. And so you know that leads me to my next question: If and when he does get released from the Browns. Where do you see him going? Because, like I said, he got uh, uh, he has two options, Seattle or Carolina, and those are just the teams that we know of so far. There could be other teams that are just waiting for him to get cut. You know, as far as Baker's career, um, I feel like at this point he's just going to have to make a career at being a backup quarterback. You know, he essentially he just has to wait for the opportunity for someone else to get hurt. For him to be able to, you know, to, you know, really showcase his talents. He is not a backup quarterback. That's a, that's a backup quarterback. What in be. the world? He's a starting, where, where is he a starting quarterback? Seattle. Besides the USFL. 
Seattle, the Panthers. Are you going to pick Drew Locke over Baker Mayfield? One just has more commercials, if we're being honest here. Oh, my goodness. One's just more commercials. That's really it. Can we be for real, man? Drew Locke was in a situation where they asked him to do a lot. Where I feel like if you go to Seattle, there's no expectations for him to Seattle. He just shows up. And, you know, maybe win three or four games. And and, 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 and that's okay? And you guys, that's kind of what they're looking for. That's looking, okay. They traded, they traded Russell Wilson. They're not looking to win right now. They're looking to rebuild for the future. And if I'm looking to rebuild for the future, why am I getting Baker Mayfield? Because that is a quarterback that you can build around. Because he's – let, Let's make this clear. Let's make this clear. Build around? He is not trash. He, he, he is not as trash as everyone is making him seem to be. This guy was playing with Odell. Jarvis Landry and still making that work. Like he just came off a season with 17 touchdowns, uh, 13 interceptions. And how many games he played? You know, I feel like it just—he's just not—he hasn't showed any. How many games he played? He just has not showed me. Brian, how many games he played? He played 14 games. Okay, that's a lot of right? games. Okay, I give you that. That's why you're going off one season. You're going off. You're going off one instance. When I've seen in playoff games, he performs. They may have lost, but he's performed on his part. The the one thing one thing one thing I always say, and you 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 know yourself more than I know myself too. We are stat guys, and stats don't lie. <laughs> the stats are showing me that they are not winning with Baker Mayfield. That's what the stats are showing me. Or I just think Cleveland just has a losing culture. Why you, you think Odell that. got out of there? You see that? You see that? You see it now? The losing culture. They, I mean, they signed Deshaun Watson, but they're still keeping Baker Mayfield on the roster. They're not going to win with Deshaun Watson. Whoa! They're not. Whoa! I'm sorry. Whoa! whoa. I love, I love, I love the brothers. Whoa! But they're not going to come out the gate and and win the AFC North or think, something. I don't think they're going to do that. But they're definitely going to do better than what they've been doing recently with Baker Mayfield. Uh, what, what do you think their record is going to be? I give them, I give them nine games at most. You're winning nine. I'm winning. Don't Ten. don't don't I'm you, in double digits. Oh, I'm in double digits. I'm I was about to say, don't you dare say over eleven. <laughs> I was I was going I was right at that sweet spot between 10 and 11 games for them to win this year. I was I was I didn't have to win in a division. Of course not. Definitely I'm gonna have to see how they play first before we, we jump up to these kind of crazy, you know, you know, conclusions about the um the Browns. They're still they still are the Browns at the end of the day. They just, you know, happen to, to shine to sign Deshaun Watson. But as far as Baker Mayfield uh, we still see how we see how they were a losing franchise for so long because they have lo- they have losing tendencies. Right. If I'm get if I sign a new quarterback, there should be no reason why I have my old quarterback still on this roster. He's not traded. He's not cut. He's just sitting there, kind of in this limbo, just waiting for something to be made about himself. So, and we just don't see things like that from the Patriots. We don't see things like that from the Steelers. Stuff like that just doesn't happen from winning organizations. I understand. I mean, you know, Tom will tell. Uh, I definitely feel like Baker is still starting quarterback material in this league. I just felt like he had a bad situation in Cleveland. Um, but I'm definitely excited to see what is to come out of this situation because it's 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 been a roller coaster ride to say the least. So moving on, the NFL power rankings came out about maybe a day or two ago. And a lot of people have a lot of things to say about them and I can't lie. This is probably the worst power rankings I've <laughs> ever seen going into a season. Why you say that? So they have the Buffalo Bills number one, right? Right. Understandable. Wait till, wait till you hear number two. The Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers? Oh. The wait. nine and eight Chargers that didn't make the playoffs at number two. They got Kansas City at number three. It's you mean our, Rams? Rams are number two. No. The Chargers. The Chargers are number two. Chargers are number two right here. Los Angeles Rams. 
I was about to say, there's no way. Mm. There's no way they just signed Khalil Mack, but I'm not having him at number two. There's mm. no way. Man, I'm, I am. We might be hey. looking at different power oh. rankings because this came out 19 hours ago. This one has um, on ESPN. This one has um, Chargers at number seven. Okay. But they do have Cowboys at number eight, which is kind of ridiculous because I don't know why the Cowboys are ranked so high. Uh, the Cowboys are not bad. They just Cowboys can never get not, it done. You said what? Cowboys are not what? They're not that bad. Come on now. Everyone love to hate the Cowboys. They There's play good in the regular season. They make it to at least the second round in the playoffs virtually every year. Listen, man, I'm taking the Eagles to win a division this year. Oh, my gosh. And I'm saying that as a strong Eagles fan. <laughs> Be for real, bro. I'm taking, I'm, that's, that's 100%. Be I'm for take, real. I'm taking the Eagles to win a division this year. Why? What, what have they done in this offseason so far? The signing of A.J. Brown. What does that mean? Amazing. What does that As mean? As another, we add, we finally have a number one receiver. Who's your quarterback? Our, you know, it does, it, he's going to step without last year. Is was, he? Last year was his first year being a starting quarterback uh-huh. for the entire season. Okay. So now we have now we have a little weapons around him. Our defense is more stout now. We had them two boys from Georgia coming to the team. We just signed it. We just signed a corner. You know, that's going to uh, that's gonna match up with Darius Slay now. Mm-hmm. So now we, we have a better defense. Our defense has improved. We have playmakers on offense. Now it's just all about execution, which I feel like the, the Philadelphia Eagles will execute more wins than the Dallas Cowboys, than the Giants. I'm not even going to say the other team. They don't even matter right now. I have a win in the division. How many games do you have a winning? 11 games. 10 games. 10 games. Ten games. I have them winning the same amount they won last season, which is nine. I just don't see it. I mean, I don't see them executing it perfectly to win the division. I think when when you put together a squad like that, you're definitely gonna have some growing pains. You're 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 definitely gonna not be perfect out the gate. So unless they have a completely stellar off season, I just don't Which see we it. We had a great off season. The future's looking bright. And mind you, the, the Cowboys didn't lose nobody. The Cowboys still got the same squad. So you're going to say they're going to beat the Cowboys this year? Yes. And win the division? Yes. That's what you're saying? 100%. So I'm going to quote you on that. Quote, quote it. I'm going to quote you on that. So so when they don't. Put it in print. Put it in museum. You're never going to hear the end of it. <laughs> never. I'll, I'll, I'll stand by that. I'm all I'm all about my hot takes, but I'm all about correct hot takes. I feel like I've been I've been correct with a lot of my hot takes as far as 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 predictions going here okay so like i like i like the eagles winning the division you the same one that said the brooklyn nets was going to wake it out oh, the first no, round no i did not i percent <laughs> did not say that oh okay i knew was... they were, i knew they were losing oh okay mm. i did not believe i did not believe in that bum uh that bum team there <laughs> i did not believe in them yo that's ridiculous man i still i still can't get over how they got swept man <laughs> that's ridiculous disgusting jason Taylor better than kevin durant Ooh, no, never. We'll talk about next season. We'll, yeah, talk, we'll, we'll talk about next season. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it another time. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of halftime with the playmakers. It's it's been it's been a fun ride. It, it was a lot of hot takes, a lot of good conversations with my boy Brian. Um, now it's time for some shout outs. So, shout out to my mom. Oh, I love you dearly, mother. Our birthday just passed on May 17th, and yes, we do share a birthday, so happy belated birthday, mama. Uh, She is 63 years young, and I just turned 21, so I'm just blessed for another year of life. Um, I want to give a special shout-out to my mentor. Um, He knows who he is, just always paving the way for me and always keeping me grounded, and I just want to thank God for this opportunity um, to be able to talk about things that I love with people that I genuinely can say 
are like-minded individuals like myself and i'm just thankful shout out to you Mont. great happy belated appreciate that bro shout out to all of my friends and family always constantly supporting me uh i am a reflection of your guys love and i am nothing without you guys so shout out south florida i was just there not too long ago love 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 my people looking out for me out there man shout out shout out my guy charles especially love that, that guy really looked out for me when he was down there in south florida he are uh, he already knows um and big shout out to the listeners man we are nothing without you guys support as well yes sir so we will catch you guys soon and again this is wna 90.5 halftime with the playmakers <laughs>